0: Ladies and gents, welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. As ever, I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me today, as always, is Cara Thistlepoint. Hello. And, well, where else to start today, but Antoine Griezmann confirmed as Newcastle manager.
1: Well, he'd definitely bring in the players, wouldn't he? They'd all definitely want to come. I mean, he still wouldn't have any money to buy said players.
0: Well, apparently he's got £134 million to sign Kylian Mbappe. I'm on board.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure cashley has got that money, but, you know, he's never going to spend it. <laughs>
0: No, I'll spend it on House of Fraser, but uh, <laughs> apparently Mbappe is too much.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, so as um, computer and console geeks, obviously this uh, piqued our interest, just being on Football Manager 2021 and Griezmann being very deep into a career with Newcastle at the moment, so five trophies on the trot as manager of Newcastle, and obviously, as we said, signing Mbappe for £134 million. Um Mbappe didn't really seem to like Newcastle because one of their um, complaints was that it wasn't very warm.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, he's not wrong. We've had a lot of famous French players over the years. I'm sure they could coax him into coming to St James's Park. Well,
1: it's this never, close. You never know. Yeah, it's this close. In this the means. works. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> but seriously, Antoine Griezmann, the man has taste in clubs. What can I say?
1: I think he just wanted a challenge.
0: Is this like when you take on like Cambridge or like a league team on your FIFA how profile? How dare
1: you! <laughs> they are such classic teams that I bring all the way to the Premier League, and then I end up playing like fifty games because I'm already in the Euros and everything else before I've even left the Championship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will be honest though. I would take. I have no idea what about. Uh, I have no idea how good a coach he would be. I would take Antoine Griezmann as a player manager. Ahead of Steve Broome, that genuinely works.
1: I think most people
0: (laughs) would. Hey, if nothing else, we'd have some more goals in the team, wouldn't we?
1: You're saying just because he could sit on the bench would mean he'd add goals?
0: Well, no, but if he's player manager, he can put himself up front Mm -hmm. and score. That's the plan, you see. I'm
1: not sure it works, that.
0: Well, you know what? You don't see enough player managers in football these days. It's just it's too rare Bring back the player manager. That's what we say. Mm, That's what I say. Mm -hmm. Cara disapproves. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of managers and speaking of Steve Bruce, obviously nothing to do with Newcastle really, but obviously Carlo Ancelotti's left Everton. He's gone back to Real Madrid. And the reason I'm bringing that up, listeners, uh, as you may have seen on Twitter, which definitely, again, caught our attention, (laughs) was Newcastle fans touting Steve Bruce for the Everton job. (laughs) Because he's, quote-unquote, done such a good job at I think, Newcastle. I think
1: it's a valid point. Um, I can't see that Everton will, will turn him down. Obviously, let's just hope he moves on. <laughs> let's be honest, he's not leaving Newcastle. He's stuck with him forever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is an interesting position for Everton to be put under now because they don't have a huge amount of time to sign someone as the new manager. Um, and obviously, it's a crucial time to get said signings into the club. It, it leaves him a bit of a delicate situation. And I feel I feel for them. I mean, I also understand why Ancelotti's gone, obviously, back to Real Madrid. It's Real Madrid. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, you don't really And say also, no, Real evident of being not
1: exactly doing great. Yep. Why they want, well, I know why they're wanting back, a previous next manager, back to Real Madrid. But it just seemed that his um, career hasn't been sparkling recently. So it's a bit of an odd one. But hey-ho.
0: Yeah, I I think it's that thing where there's there's only so many elite managers in the game now and it's become such a merry-go-round that I think eventually they either have to just take a chance on a bit of a randomer or really I think eventually they just have to start getting the old names back. But back on the Steve Bruce point though, I think it obviously it, it was a pretty good joke I think on Twitter from the Newcastle fans but... I think it does raise like a bit of a serious point that, Ever- you know, Everton, Wolves, Palace, Tottenham, all looking for new managers this summer. And obviously, all right, Tottenham are obviously going to be looking at someone. You would think of a high caliber, given that they've just had Mourinho.
1: Is that really high caliber?
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean. They're, they're going to be looking for someone who's hopefully for them going to win them trophies. That's what they're going to be after. But. Yeah, you've got all these Premier League clubs looking for managers right now. If Steve Bruce had done a, as good a job as a lot of pundits love to tell us fans that he's done, <laughs> genuinely, you know, why hasn't he been linked to any of these positions? I mean, Nigel Pearson coming back to Premier League, I tell you, <laughs> yeah,
1: to scare the just... shit out of everybody
0: else. <laughs> 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 for far too long, we've all been keeping our head in the sand like ostriches.
1: Yeah, I know, but do you know what? I do miss his frowny face, just on the sidelines, oh. growling at people as they move around.
0: Nail, nailed, on. He was when he was in the uh, when he was Leicester manager. He was the hardest manager in the league. He
1: still is the hardest manager in the league. He's looking at the
0: league
1: now. <laughs> no one's going to take that away from him. I mean, <laughs> finished.
0: No other Premier League manager that I know of has literally fought off a pack of wild dogs. <laughs> <laughs> So, He's you know. the
1: inspiration <laughs> for Revenant. <laughs> or the
0: grey. That was <laughs> it. <laughs> the yeah. grey. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, anyway, we are stuck with Steve Bruce for, well, forever, as you as you just said. I'll tell you who we're not stuck with, and that is Christian Atsu and possibly Andy Carroll. Because I forgot
1: he even played for you.
0: Well, that's the thing. He only, I had a look at the stats because I couldn't really remember him playing for us for ages. And yeah, literally, last season, he played 10 minutes in one League Cup game. So I think it was inevitable with his contract coming to an end that we were going to let him go. And you know what, fair, fair enough. I said, if, he, if he's not going to get in the team, let him go somewhere else. Yeah. Um. Nice nice goodbye from him on Twitter. I mean, I have to say, I, he was not a player that ever massively convinced me um, in the Premier League. A bit like, as I've said before, Jacob Murphy, even though I'm starting to come around on him a bit more. But you know what? He was a, he was a good egg, Christian Atsu. Not a fantastic player. But a good egg,
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, he was one of those players that it was great when he had the ball and he just sprinted past people, but he had no like
0: there was no end product. There was, there was,
1: that. No, no, I mean, he did really get a chance in the last couple of seasons, to be honest. I don't think, but
0: overall, I mean, eight, eight goals and 10 assists in 121 appearances. I'm
1: pretty certain that makes him one of your top scorers, <laughs> so don't pull that face. <laughs> but,
0: you know you, you, you want a bit more from your windows and from your other attacking players um but as I say you know nice farewell message from him on Twitter and we wish him well for whoever he goes to next on a free transfer and it seems like Andy Carroll's also been released by the club as well
1: I mean that was that was a given wasn't it surely the you know mid-part of this season we would have been like he's not staying again
0: yeah I mean he's 32 and I mean we've we got him back for two seasons, and you know, obviously, he was great. He's, he's a local boy, and it's a shame, really, that all those years ago that he got sold to Liverpool for that big money. Though, of course, we did then use it to actually rebuild a team. But did you? Well, no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, since Andy Carroll came back, it, it, it's it's quite, I mean, obvious. He's just he's just not fit enough. I mean, only eleven starts in two seasons since he returned. In of those eleven, he only actually finished. Ninety minutes, four times. You know, uh, it, yeah, as, as much something. as I loved, I loved having him, having him around, I mean, I was at that. I mean, admittedly, absolutely dreadful. Nil nil we had with Brighton at St James's Park, not last season, but the season before. And I mean, don't get me wrong; it was an absolutely appalling game, and I wish I hadn't gone. But and Steve Bruce was far too like bringing Andy Carroll on. But when he brought him on for the last fifteen minutes, the roar from the crowd was amazing and that did give us a proper lift obviously we didn't manage to get a winner but if if he'd have brought him on (laughs) well that's the thing if he'd have brought him on earlier I think we would have got one because that the the energy when he actually came on you could tell the lift that he gave everyone but yeah he's just not really done it and I think it reinforced I think even if it have stayed I think we'd need another striker I think that reinforces that need even more I
1: think you do anyway because Wilson is a prone to injury as great as he is you need someone else um, um, so let's just hope that Newcastle do sign somebody I'm not quite sure who that will be I don't even know if you've been rumoured to be looking at anyone in that position it's all quite quiet on the Western front at the moment or the northwest, West anyway <laughs> um, but yeah you're hearing quite a lot from other clubs letting players go throughout the Premier League Newcastle included but then you're also I'm also starting to see things which pop up on news feeds and stuff about you know without even looking random teams in the Premier League signing or being linked to people I've literally only heard you linked to Chowdhury who again good player defensive midfield
0: yeah which we do need but you yeah
1: you do you do but we like you also have serious we holes we need more and goals
0: and I mean as we, we learned last season with Farty Roy right on Callum Wilson and on Sam maximan and we just don't have any goals in the team when they're not around so that is something we do need to address this summer um We've maybe been linked with the odd player, but there's no point really getting into the transfer rooms because at the end of the day, we all we all know Newcastle are going to buy them. No, so know. until Newcastle actually have someone signed on the dotted line and it's officially confirmed, so basically, we're not until really you see it. them, at St the,
1: James's Park, holding the shirt, holding shirt.
0: Oh, and until on then, the it's pitch. not done. On the pitch. Until then, it's not done.
1: Just on the pitch. And then when they're there, then they're physically chained over for life and they can't leave.
0: <laughs> Unless someone does a Peter Wingy and just drives there and like somehow breaks into the stadium and, <laughs> and waves the shirts around. It's, yeah, it's not confirmed. So we're not going to get too much into the rumours. But as you say, it has been all quite quiet so far. It seems like it's going to be another one of those summers it's an, it's, where we have to it's, sell to buy.
1: It's um next couple of months, months isn't it really let's be honest we are just going to be sat there waiting for some stupid ass rumour to come out yeah the next one will be you are linked to Mbappe and we all
0: know that's not going to happen yeah. <laughs> but that's the difficulty is if, if we have to sell to buy, well I'd say we literally have about three or four players who we might actually get a half decent fee for mm-hmm. and that's Wilson it's San Maximan it's Moran
1: maybe even Murphy.
0: I don't think we'd get a brilliant. Oh, I don't think you're going to get a lot, on.
1: but I think you get more than he paid.
0: Maybe, maybe Dubravka, we might get a reasonable fee for, but obviously, unless it's someone like Allison or someone, you know, you, you don't tend to get enormous fees for goalies these days. Um. So, but the thing is, to, to lose any of those players, especially the, those outfield players, we wouldn't even end up improving the team because no. whoever we bought brought in would. Still have to be really like pretty good just to actually keep us at that same level. So it's
1: exactly it's a it's, difficult one, and I don't know how well your youth squad's coming along again because I don't really follow Newcastle's youth squad. I'm sure many Newcastle supporters also don't follow it, but I've not heard any names. We've not seen any young names being brought up through into the first team to be given a tryout, especially when you had all those injuries.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it, so it's you, a even bit of a matter even, even Matty Longstaff who was semi-established in the first
1: team he
0: he's just gone back into being a reserve so yeah there's not really much coming through and it, well, it seems like at the very least it seems Steve Bruce isn't really willing to give many younger players a try so if he's not even really given Matty Longstaff that much of a chance yeah it's I think it, unless we get taken over and I mean A that's going to take forever and B it the God yeah okay. who knows but I think it's going to be quite a quiet and quite a difficult summer for Newcastle, uh, being the optimistic fellow that I always am, as you always know, listeners. Actually, guess,
1: uh, for everyone <laughs> links optimism with Newcastle United and
0: their fans. <laughs> Actually, just while we're on this um, slightly down note, I think it's also worth just giving a quick shout out to Che who, of course, uh, on Friday, so that was the, the 5th of June. That was the four-year anniversary of his tragic and very untimely death from a heart attack in training. And, yeah, just wanted to give him a bit of a shout-out. I mean, I've got some great memories of Teote when he played. I mean, of course, he was in that midfield with Kabai and part of that team that finished fifth in 2012. And, so, you know, great, tough-tackling defensive midfielder. He was, you know, that kind of player. I mean, we all know he was a little bit reckless at times and he could fly into a challenge. But, you know, he was that kind of player that you do like seeing on your team. Yeah. He, he, you know, he'll put himself about, he'll harass. He'll harass Tainted
1: his heart on his sleeve effectively.
0: Yeah. Heart. And, of course, I think I speak for, for all Newcastle fans where I think probably the most enduring memory that we'll have yeah. of him is that amazing volley from the edge of the area when in that incredible four-all draw with Arsenal, that sort of last-minute equaliser. I mean... What a goal, what a moment as well. Um, and yeah, just again, just very, very sad what happened. I mean, he spent six and a half years at Newcastle before he moved on, and then wasn't obviously too long after that. And of course, so he, he sadly passed away. Um, yeah, gone far too young. I think he was only about 30 years old. Um, but great player. Um, Actually, to continue on, a slightly down a note. We've probably not ordered this in the best way, listeners, but there you go. And not I even... don't make the
1: order, guys. So oh, it's, it's entirely my fault. Up Chris. Yeah. And <laughs> this
0: isn't even really Newcastle related, but it's just something that we've seen in the last week or so with these England friendlies, of course. And we've seen before the games, obviously the England team have been taking the knee, you know, making a, no pun intended, but they've been making a stand against racism and inequality. And we've had... England fans, you know, fans who have not been in stadiums for the better part of a year. Well, over a year, I think, uh, For I imagine for the vast majority of them. And then they come in on the eve of a major international tournament where, I mean, let's face it, we're England. We're not going to win, but we've got, for the most part, a pretty decent team. And hopefully, you know, maybe we can, I mean, we're going to be on home soil for, for a lot of the tournament. Hopefully, maybe we can do something anyway. And then you've got some of these, frankly, knuckle-dragging fans booing...
1: Expressing their free speech. This is what they're saying they're doing, <laughs> expressing their free speech. Ugh. It's not fucking free speech, though, is it?
0: You're booing. You're booing people <laughs> who are say, who are literally making a gesture that, by the way, is not political. It is not political.
1: Yeah, that annoys me as well. It's not political. It's about equality,
0: you are and you're, and you're booing them. I'm sorry, but... Fuck off. <laughs> We've already broken the explicit tab on this one. So, yeah. Seriously, guys. I mean, Gareth Gareth Southgate has explained the motivation behind it. As he has said, it's not political. It is purely they want to send a message. Do you know what? Even, about, if, it, uh, an what? Even if it is political,
1: if a, a group of people or individuals have a political view and their main thing of expressing that view is taking a knee... Who is it hurting? I don't care if you don't agree with it. Is it obstructing your way of life? No, it's not. But let's even go back to the end, the beginning of this, sorry. It's not political. Yeah. It's just a basic human right, which isn't being given to people of colour.
0: And also, you know that these exact same people who are going, oh, it's political, it's this, it's that, it's the worst, it's more, it's whatever. whatever nonsense oh, they come no, out with, know, right? Yeah. You just know that they they're don't even also... Know, can
1: I just say they wouldn't even know their left hand? <laughs> They'd be the ones that have to hold their hands up and then they'd try and figure out which one is (laughs) elf.
0: But you you just know that these are the exact same people who would be absolutely up in arms, say, at James McLean when he refuses to wear a poppy, even though he's well within his rights to not wear a poppy. And, of course, if you actually know anything about Irish history and where he's come from it's actually quite understandable that he doesn't want to wear one and that's fair enough.
1: This is the thing.
0: Right? These are the same people who attack people for not wearing poppies which is a political statement to an to a degree. <laughs> but they have a problem with this and
1: but it's clearly it doesn't matter what it's about but if you boo someone It's going to make them feel bad. It's going to upset them. And it can even impinge on their performance. Now, if you're booing your own frigging team, well, congratulations, Einstein. It's not going to make them feel great. Why do they want to play for a country or the fans who are there who are booing? Now, the best thing about it is the fact that the cheers override it every time. However, the fact that there's still people booing is appalling. Grow up. Do you know what? Suck it up, buttercup. If you don't agree with it, fine. Shut up, sit there. They're not rubbing it in your face. Don't,
0: don't to the game. Just
1: don't watch it. They're literally kneeling on the, on the ground. If you don't agree, shut your eyes. Close your eyes and count to 10. If you can. You're going to need your fingers for that though, aren't you?
0: And that's the thing, as we've said, Gareth Southgate has explained it. But England's players as well, and especially England's black players, have come out and said they don't understand why they're being booed and that it's it's upsetting to them that it's happening. And people have heard that after the first one, People have heard that and they've still done it again in the second one. I mean, Bikeyo Saka scored his first England goal the other day. One of the proudest moments of his life. Young lad scoring for England. And before he even really gets to talk about that in earnest, he's having to answer questions about the booing of the players taking the knee. And that frankly...
1: It shouldn't it shouldn't it's be in the centre. It, Why is it a disgrace to our country? It's being asked though, again, because unfortunately, the media wants to send to, to make this a sensation. This needs to be the no big thing. Oh look, England fans are booing. We don't need to give them that platform. They want to express their opinion. They've expressed it. You don't need to talk about it, and the players don't actually give a crap. They are playing a game, they are doing their job. And yes, it upsets them, and they have every right to come out and say that in a separate time, but why is the media asking players right after the pitch about that, ask them about their performance? Because at the end of the day, they are not the people who are booing. They are not the politicians, in inverted commas. They're the people having to put up with this crap. It's not their problem. It's the people who are booing. Why don't you go and find a fan and ask them why they're booing? Because I know what the answer will be. We're expressing our opinion that we don't agree that the, the taking a knee is a, is a, is a good gesture or that it's political and I it. if you don't think that's a good gesture fine you have every right to do that as long as you were then doing something to show your equality to make everybody's life as happy and as equal as yours that's fine however booing doesn't do that in fact it undermines it and yeah i'm not necessarily saying but i know some are but i'm not necessarily saying everyone who's booing this is racist the thing is, that whole gesture comes across as being massively racist. So, if you're doing something that makes you seem racist, but it's not your intention, is it racist? Well, unfortunately, my friend, yes, it is racist. Would you like to be booed because, I don't know, you're expressing your freedom of speech by talking about how much you love football, but the person down the street doesn't like football and they going to boo you? Are you going to be mad about that and upset about it? Are you going to kick off at that person? Yes, you are. So do you know what? If you if no one booed and everyone just kept their own opinions, be fine. You're allowed to say it. You don't have to hate on everybody else who doesn't say it. It's really not that difficult. Again, it's called equality. They're expressing their opinion. You're allowed to express yours, but not in a way that makes someone offended.
0: And frankly, if you disagree with someone who, who is making a statement saying, we want equality, we are supporting equality, we are against racism. If you're then angry at what that person's doing, you need to go home and have a long, hard look at yourself and why Honestly, you're think angry about at it. them for what they're actually, what, what they're actually <laughs> just, doing. Just not actually what, not about what it. you've been told that they're doing by right-wing media sources. Oh. Or, or wherever you've got your information from, Again, or from not, memes on Facebook.
1: It's not political. It's not political. It's not a left or a right wing. Scrap all that. This isn't point scoring. Mm. It's not. It's just quite simply being able to treat everybody the, the way you want to be treated. And if that upsets you, guess what? You are a racist. There is no other way about that.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, if if you're not anti-racist, well, frankly, then you're on the side of the racists. <laughs> <laughs> it's just plain and simple, isn't it?
1: We've already talked about this before, didn't we, about with the boycotting and how it's a sad indictment of the world we're still having to talk about this and we're still doing it again. So, okay, yeah, congratulations. Maybe you're not going on Facebook and doing it uh, anonymously. Doesn't make it any better that you're doing it face-to-face though, does it, Bark up
0: I hope that that is not just the story of this entire tournament. I hope that it goes away because I think the media have been right to draw attention to it so far. I think if it continues into the tournament, I mean, which I hope it doesn't, yeah, I, I don't want that to be the first question that the fans are asked after after every game. The upsetting. Uh, sorry, that the players are asked. Anyway, listeners, we're going to climb down off our soapbox box now.
1: No, I will not. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and yeah, so I know that wasn't really Newcastle related, but it's something that we've been thinking about in recent days.
1: Well, are we going to have one? Uh, uh, when's our next podcast coming out? Are you going to do your uh, administration role?
0: Yeah, well, it'll, it'll be again. It'll be another couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a special guest on that one. Uh, more will be revealed later. And by that I mean on the next podcast. Yeah, you're making a middle podcast about it. this. It's just gonna be All all one of you. Always getting wanting more. Good. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, please give the podcast a like and subscribe. And if you could leave us a positive review, that'd be absolutely amazing. Uh, we've been Magnus cool. and Restricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. And thanks, Cara. No worries. And thanks again, listeners. Bye. Bye.